And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Rich Lopp, a famous tarot reader on YouTube who had a near-death experience where he saw entities, and today we're going to learn about it. Rich, thank you for joining me, and welcome. Jeff, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate you inviting me on here. It was so funny because my wife manages my business, Mm -hmm. and she thought it was a prank. Wow. Yeah, she said, I think somebody's pranking you because she knows I'm a huge fan of your show. I go to sleep listening to it every night. Thank you. That's Mm -hmm. crazy. Well, here you are. It's not a prank, and we want to hear about your NDE. So if you don't mind, let's start on the day or if you need a little backstory and go from there. Yeah, it does need a little backstory because, you know, an NDE is just kind of the kickoff to my story. Um, And honestly, when it comes to talking about this NDE, I still to this day have a hard time talking about it because I personally think it sounds so ridiculous. But the, the backstory to lead into it is that That year, which was 2014, I had just left my wife. It was a very toxic marriage. So I got out of that and was planning to kind of pick myself up and get my life together on my own. And she was in no position to take care of the kids. So she said, you got to come get the kids because I can't take care of them. Well, I had started drinking very heavily. I was a very heavy alcoholic. And I'm in no position to take care of the kids either. So here I am, single father blithering alcoholic and i'm starting to become very suicidal and my favorite subject to study and listen to is near-death experiences and has been for a few years so you know the more i'm listening to near-death experiences and what it's like on the other side and and i'm just like man what why am i even here what am i doing here and i'm just falling further and further down the suicidal, you know, just down into that pit. And long story short, I end up getting suspended from work because I showed up drunk. And I invited a friend over. She wasn't really a friend. I didn't really know her. I met her on Facebook. And I said, well, I'm suspended from work for a week. You like to drink? You can come hang out at my house. Keep me company. And I had just moved into that house a few months prior and found out that the woman who lived there right before I rented it out died in there. And I told my friend that, and she said, you want to talk to her? I'm like, what do you mean talk to her? She said, I know how to work Ouija boards. And I I was like, that sounds stupid, but I didn't know her. I, I, I didn't want to be disrespectful. So I said, okay sure why not you know and she made a ouija board out of a pizza box she took a pizza box and ripped it in half and took a permanent marker and drew all the letters on it and took a a beer bottle cap and used that as the little thing that you move around or whatever so we're playing with this thing and i got my hands on it she's asking it questions and this thing is moving like crazy and i'm thinking this is so stupid this is so dumb. I'm embarrassed. So I'm thinking, how am I going to get out of this? I don't want to be rude. I don't want to embarrass her. And I'm thinking, and I was like, ah, I know how I'm going to get out of this. So I said, wait, 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 wait. 
let me ask it a question. And I said, are you a spirit that knows me? And it went to, yes. And I said, okay, spell your name. And it spelled out the name of my dead grandmother. And I thought, oh my God. Now her name was Jeanette, J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E. -E -T -T -E. Not really something that some random person that doesn't know me is just going to guess and throw together. So I freaked out and I said, yo, we got to stop this right now. And she said, what do you mean? I said, that's my grandma's name, my dead grandma. She said, oh, we're talking to your grandma? I said, no. Oh, no, that's not my grandma. My grandma would be rolling over in her grave if she knew that I was doing this right now. And so we ripped it up, threw it away. And this is where it starts getting weird. My house went crazy. I never believed those stories when I would hear them before about Ouija boards and whatnot. And I mean, I'm a tarot reader, you know? My house went crazy. Peanut butter jars flying off the shelf, cabinet doors slamming. I would even see like dark energy balls rolling down the hallway. And at, at the time though, like I said, I'm drinking so heavily, 100 proof vodka. So I'm just kind of sitting around watching it like, whoa, that was cool at the time, you know? And this one night we were sitting in the kitchen and I'm so wasted drunk. We got to talking about suicide. And this is my last conscious memory. And I remember talking about, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I barely remember going down into my cellar and tying my belt up to the ceiling. But my next conscious memory, I'm inside my wall. And this is where it gets weird. I'm inside my wall and all around me and all behind me is nothing but blackness. I'm suspended in blackness. And in front of me, I see like a thin, it looks like that plastic wrap that they put over, you know, when they're doing construction, it looks blurry. I could barely see through it, but I knew that that was what was on the other side of the wall. And the funny thing was, was there was no thoughts. And thinking back, it bothered me because, you know, like I said, I loved hearing near-death experiences. I want to see the, the beautiful white light and, and I want to get all these downloads of all this universal knowledge. I didn't experience none of that. It was nothing. I was just there, just floating in the darkness. No thoughts. There was no, oh my God, how did I get here? What am I doing here? What is this? There was nothing. I'm just there. I just am. I don't even know how to put words to it. And to the left of me, there are these beings that look, they looked like people. And there was maybe seven or eight of them, all suspended in the darkness with me. And they're all looking at me and talking to me in my head at the same time. And I'm responding to each and every one of them at the same time. And it wasn't confusing. And I cannot even begin to recall everything that was said or talked about. But to summarize it, it was something to the effect of, you invited us in here. We are not here to hurt you. We're not here to do anything bad or harm you or nothing like that. We are pure 
negative energy, pure. Like, it, like, so I was, I understood that, you know, there's positivity and there's negativity. And most of us are some sort of a mixture of the two. Most of us have positivity and negativity. Some people are like 90% positive, 10% negative. Some people are, I don't know, 75% negative and 25% positive. And, and we are 100% negative energy. And you invited us in here. And we're not here to hurt you. And that, that basically, that's what I got out of it. And I remember kind of thinking, okay, I'm bored with this. And I'm looking around. And I looked through, like I said, the little realm. The, it was like a little portal that led into this dimension. And I remember thinking, I wonder what's over there. And as soon as I thought that, I shot straight through this the the wall, basically, across the room, through the other wall, and I was in a meadow. And it wasn't very profound. That's the, or at least not my memory of it, it isn't very profound. But it, I was in a meadow. And it was weird because I was standing there and I was looking at myself from maybe 10 different perspectives at the same time. Like I'm seeing it through my eyes, seeing me from a bird's eye view, from behind me, from the side and all the way around at the same time. And there was another being there that really felt kind of like a father figure is the only way I know how to word it, like basically chastising me, saying, you idiot, basically. I don't, I'm not, that's not the words verbatim, but th that was the energy behind it. You idiot. You know better than that. The only way you're going to be able to get rid of that energy is to do some kind of spell work or some kind of magic. At the time, I knew nothing about anything to do with that. And my next, next thing I know, I'm waking up in my bed. And that friend of mine was sitting at the foot of the bed, screaming and crying. You don't know what you just put me through. I can't believe you did that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? I just had the craziest dream. And she told me, you went down there, you hung yourself, and your heart stopped. You stopped breathing, and your face turned white, and your tongue was hanging out of your mouth. And I had to cut you down and revive you and do CPR. I thought she was lying. I didn't believe her. She said, go look in the mirror. Look at your neck. And I had a cut, a gash on my neck. And I was like, whoa. Oh, wow. And it kind of bothered me because, like I said, I love near-death experiences. But that wasn't the kind of experience I was trying to have. And um, that actually wasn't my first suicide attempt. That was in November of 2014. And from that point, I said, okay, well, I screwed up. I did it while somebody was in the house. So I got a plan to do this right. So I planned and planned and planned. And the problem was I have two kids by myself. So I finally worked up this plan on April 10th, 2015 of the following year. My plan was I'm going to come home. I'm going to make sure that my kids are calm, cool, and collected and I'm going to go down into my cellar and I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to call the police so the police can come over here and get my kids because they were toddlers at the time. You know, they could burn the house down or run out into traffic or something like that. 
So I did it again. I came home and made sure the kids were fed, watching TV. And and in my weird state of mind, I don't know why I thought this was a smart idea, but I downed every medication that I could find around the house. And I didn't think that would actually kill me. But my thought process was, even if they try to revive me, I'll have so much drugs in my system that none of my systems will function properly and they won't be able to revive me. So I did that. I downed every medication I could find. And I went down into my cellar and I I contacted the New Albany Police Department on Facebook, you know, because I, I figured that if I call them, they're going to try to talk me out of it and this and that and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to get straight to the point. So I opened up Facebook and typed in, my name is Richmond Lop. My address is 1413 Charter Street. You need to come pick up my kids right now because I'm about to kill myself. And I clicked send. And back in the day, they had the little thing. And they I don't know, they may still do that today. But the little icon that would drop down when, they, when the message was read. And as soon as the icon went bloop, I threw my phone down on the dirt floor and tied the belt around my neck and dropped. And this one is weird because... I have to think really hard. I don't have a conscious memory of exactly what happened. It was just the most peaceful sleep. My next conscious memory, I'm waking up from what felt like the most peaceful sleep I've ever had in my life. And you know that feeling where you're in bed before your alarm goes off and you wake up, but your eyes are still closed and you know you're awake? Well, that was my next conscious memory. I woke up, my eyes were closed, and my thought was, my alarm hasn't gone off yet. I think it's about time for me to wake up and go to work. And I'm, I noticed I'm cold. I was like, I'm freezing. What is going on? So I start reaching for a blanket with my eyes closed. And then my nails dug in the dirt because I had a dirt floor down there. And that snapped me awake. And I was like, what am I doing down here on the dirt floor? I had no memory of what happened. It, my memory was completely erased. And then I rolled over and I saw the belt hanging from the ceiling. And that's when it all came rushing back. And that's when I heard boom, 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 boom. A whole new Albany police department was at my front door. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed. And uh, yeah, they took me to uh, University of Louisville Hospital to x-ray my neck to make sure I didn't break any vertebrae. And Stuck me in a mental hospital, and that's where I stayed for the next month. And then pretty much after that, my whole life fell apart. I went homeless. I lived under a bridge and ate out of a trash can for the next six months. And that became my way of life. That became my lifestyle. And um, near the end of 2015, it started getting cold. So I was like, I can't do this. I'm not sleeping on the streets in the cold. So I turned myself into a homeless shelter, the healing place in downtown Louisville, Kentucky. And in order to be a part of that program, you have to agree to live in that homeless shelter. You have to agree to be a part of a program. It's like boot camp for drug and alcohol recovery. So that's what I did. And I stayed there for a couple of months and then I turned myself into a transitionary home so I could work. And one day I'm sitting in McDonald's um, on 12th and Broadway in downtown Louisville, Kentucky. And I'm watching near death experience videos. Cause that was my favorite thing to watch. And I saw one titled, I saw the law of attraction in my NDE. 
That was the title of the video. And I was like, what in the world does that mean? So I clicked on it and it was just like a five minute video. This lady named Terry Rose is talking basically about the fact that we're all born with this ability that we don't know how to use. And I was interested and I kept clicking on more videos and I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You're telling me that all this horrific stuff that I've been going through was my own creation. And not only did I create that, but I actually had the ability to uncreate that and make my wildest dreams come true. Watch me. And I dedicated my life to learning how to do that. And my, my story has just been a steady journey up the mountain ever since then. And now basically to get to where I am today, I'm coaching people. Um, that's one of the things that I do with my tarot card reading videos. Matter of fact, that's the main thing that I do. Uh, when clients come to me, I don't really approach my readings from a perspective of there's a future that's just going to randomly happen to you that you have no control of, because I know otherwise. Part of my journey includes attending a mind mastery school where I actually learned the science behind how manifestation works. And yes, there is science behind it. It's just not mainstream science. It's very hidden and it's very suppressed. And so that's what I use now for my tarot card readings. Like, and even on YouTube, when I'm, when I'm doing my general readings for the signs and whatnot, I do the best that I can to sprinkle little seeds of awareness into my readings to let you know, this is how your situation manifested. And if you don't get your energy in check, this is where it's going. And if you don't want it, this to happen, here's how you change it. And that's pretty much, um, in a nutshell, where I began with an NDE, homeless, you know, and to get to where I am today. Rich, thank you for sharing your story with us. During your first NDE, when you were inside of the wall, do you think that you were in a realm of vibratory state with these beings due to drinking? Yeah. Um, from all the research that I've done, what I've concluded is I was in the lower astral realm. Um, not too, too far away from this dimension. It's like one density over. And that's from what I've gathered where most lost souls, low vibrational beings ghosts and whatnot hang out in that realm at a really low frequency because yeah i was in a very very low frequency state so yeah i think so it appears though that you were able to get out of it when you went to that meadow yeah that's the part that i struggle with and another thing that bugs me so much about that story because like i said all the other nde people they have they they say that you know their NDE happened 20 years ago and they still remember it like it happened yesterday. And me, when I came out of it, I was hammered drunk when I went into it. I was not drunk while I was there, but I was hammered drunk when I came back. So the memories are a little hazy and, and foggy. I don't know how or why I went to that meadow. My thought was, I'm bored. I wonder what's over there. And I was just like sucked into it. I think boredom actually can be a level of a vibratory state above 
where you were. Like maybe boredom is above fear or or boredom is above anger Hmm. or or whatever you're experiencing, you know? It's interesting that you said that because I've never thought about that like that. Wow, that's probably going to change my perspective on the story a little bit. That's a really good point. You had this NDE, but it wasn't like all the ones you saw in videos. When you compared them to those other videos, what were your thought processes? I mean, I was mad. I was hoping I had spent years listening to these amazing NDE stories of, you know, the beautiful white light feeling unconditional love and and all of a sudden receiving all these downloads of information and knowing everything and seeing everything all at once. And that sounded amazing. Now, at first I was mad to answer your question directly. I was mad that I didn't get to have that kind of experience. But through my spiritual journey of awakening and raising my vibration and, you know, manifesting the life that I want, I have gotten more and more in touch with my spirit guides and whatever it is that's guiding me from the other side. And I have been made known, it was downloaded to me that if I was allowed to see that, I wouldn't have come back. And I have a mission here. So after this NDE, did you fear death even less? Yeah, I I feared it less. I mean, I had to have a little bit to drink before I did it because I was a little bit scared, just a little bit. But yeah, no, now my fear of death went out the window. And I I still went through a period, especially there in the mental hospital, where I was trying to figure out a way to do it again. But I wasn't because it's really hard to explain when when you're really suicidal. That's a really hard state of mind to put words to because I think we've all been through certain periods in our life where we've had the thoughts and, you know, we've thought about it and, you know, been depressed and said that we wanted to do it. But when you're really there and you're like actually about to do it, you enter into this strange state of mind where you just kind of go numb and there are no emotions. There is no more sadness. There is no more anger. There is no nothing. You're just dead numb. And I was lifted up out of that emotional and vibrational state to where now what I fear is living through it again, because that was embarrassing. And that made life even harder. Like uh, it didn't fix anything. I lived through it. Now I'm embarrassed because now the whole police department knows now my family is freaking out. They didn't expect that. Nobody really expected that. Now I'm just feeling stupid. So I'm like, I don't even really want to take the chance on living through it again. And I know that kind of trails off of the question that you asked me, but to answer the question directly, yeah, I I feared death less. What I feared the most was living through it again. I guess the fear of looking bad. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So you discover the law of attraction and you understood that you created this situation of what you got yourself into. Did you do that during the lifetime or did you create that pre-birth? I think it was a plan. Um, I've been and with being in touch with so many different psychics and, you know, people in the spiritual community in my line of work and on my journey. 
it's now no question that I'm a volunteer, a starseed, who I have a mission. And my mission is to come here and assist in the shift of consciousness from the old world into the new world. I'm, I'm one of them. Um, so I think that it was more than likely planned. The whole thing was planned out. Um, I don't believe that it was something that happened by accident. It feels like looking back at it. I mean, it just all the dots connect so beautifully that everything came together so perfectly to lead me to where I am today that, you know, it had to have been a plan. Well, what are the real secrets to the law of attraction? Well, there is, like I said, there is science behind it. I don't discredit anything that anybody out there is teaching. Um, I will say this, though. There are some teachings out there that I think are meant to intentionally mislead you. And one of those is visualization. Now, when it comes to the actual science, I'm not going to give that away here. I do have a series on High Vibe TV called Mastering the Matrix, where I break down the science, you know, there. And um, but I will say this. When you are focused on something, it can't move. While you're thinking about it, you affect the quantum field. And it can't move. So everything is made of light particles. And everything has to be able to flow. And there's a lot of teachings out there that tell you to visualize, visualize, visualize. Visualization is a, hel is, is a helpful tool. But they don't tell you that you're not supposed to overdo it. You visualize just enough to match the frequency and put yourself on the frequency of whatever it is you're wanting to experience, but it can't manifest until you release it. Matching the frequency of something doesn't mean I sit around and think about it all day. Like, for example, what does it feel like to own your car? Nothing. It's out there. I don't really think about it. Exactly. So whatever this is you're wanting, whether you're wanting a six-figure-a-year income or your dream car, if you're sitting around and thinking about it all day, you're not on the frequency of having it. You're on the frequency of wanting it, which is the frequency of the lack thereof. And again, visualization can get in the way, but they don't tell you that. So that's one of the big secrets that... Now, I don't know this factually, but I very strongly suspect that that movie, The Secret, uh, there's some things in there, I think, that are meant to intentionally mislead people. Um, and I'm not talking bad about anybody in that movie. I think uh, the people in that movie were, you know, they're great teachers. They have a lot of good information. But the way that movie was put together and probably the, the intention behind the production of it was meant to kind of lead people down the wrong track because there's the way they talk about it and some of the ways they explain manifestation. If you take it at face value, you will not manifest anything. So are you saying it's okay to visualize what you want initially for a few minutes or something and then forget about it? Well, yeah, the idea, the idea is to put yourself on that vibration. So when you take a look around at your life, everything from the house you live in to the car you drive, the money that you make, 
the connections that you share with your friends and your family, every aspect that makes up your life is an extension of and a reflection of your vibration. And to be on the vibration of being in your life is something that you're not sitting around and spending a whole lot of time driving yourself nuts about it. I'm not sitting around wondering about my car that's parked out in the driveway. You know, I'm on the frequency of it, so I'm not thinking about it. The idea, like say, for example, money. That was the first big thing that I set out to manifest. And what I would do is I would visualize not just having a six-figure income, but I would visualize I've had a six-figure income for so long, I'm bored with it. Not only am I bored with it, but I'm imagining some of the stressful things that are going to come along with it to really wire my brain into that vibration. Because like, not only is there quantum physics that goes into how your energy affects the quantum field around you, but there's neuroscience that goes into it too, which is something else that I break down and explain on High Vibe TV, where you actually function just like a radio and your brain tunes in to certain information, you know, in the, in your reality, just like a radio tunes into a frequency and reprogramming that to tune into a new frequency is a process that you have to go through. And the concentrating and thinking and visualization, that's just the turning of the radio dial. That's just the doing the work. While you're thinking about it, while you're wishing for it, while you're hoping for it, while you're focused on it, nothing's happening. It can't. It can't happen until you have successfully wired yourself into that vibration and you're radiating the frequency that matches that reality in which you're no longer thinking about it. It's kind of like, you know, the moon is going to rise in the east and set in the west. You don't sit around and drive yourself nuts wondering, oh, my God, is the moon going to rise today? Is the sun going to set today? You don't think about that. You just allow it to happen because you know what's going to happen. It's second nature. To get yourself on the frequency of whatever it is that you're wanting to manifest, you are so certain that it's coming that you don't need to sit around and think about it all day, every day. How do you know that you're on the frequency of what you want? Well, that's kind of a loaded answer there because... Okay, one question that I get very frequently is, am I on the right path? And this is where we have to kind of separate your higher self from your ego. Because the ego wants to figure everything out. Because that when we're running off nothing but ego, we're trying to figure everything out logically. First, I have to do this, and then I have to do that. And if I do this, then that's going to happen. And if I do that, that's going to happen. And I can't do this or it'll make this happen. And if this happens, I have a backup plan. And, and that that's the ego. The higher self, though, sees things from a much bigger perspective. The ego thinks, okay, well, what's the next step that I have to take? When in actuality, it doesn't work that way. The way it works is you have to start moving first. The only thing the universe can really do is take the wheel and start guiding you. So... Again, that's it's, this is kind of a weird way to answer that question, but to answer it directly, I would have to say you don't know, you trust. You trust that you're on the frequency. Now, you have to start taking action. That's another thing that a lot of people don't like. 
You know, again, that's another thing that the movie The Secret leads people to believe is I'm just going to sit around and think about my dream car and then it's just going to appear in my driveway with a big bow on the hood. No, it doesn't work that way. You do have to take action. But how do I know if I'm taking the right action? The answer is you don't know. You trust. The, the analogy that I like to use is imagine you're sitting in the middle of Nashville, Tennessee, and your goal is to get to New York City. Most people sit and think, I don't know what highway to take, so they don't move. I don't know which highway to get on. And the way the universe really works is the universe is not going to tell you which highway exit to take. Pick a road and go. Let the universe take the wheel. Now, you could be headed straight towards Florida. Doesn't matter. I trust that no matter what happens, from the minute I start taking action, Everything that happens is part of the journey to get me there. And it could take you down a twisty, crazy, windy road to get you there. But if you trust the process, another analogy I like to use is like if I look out my window, I can see a mountain. And I imagine that my goal is at the top of that mountain. The person that I want to be who has what I want to have. So I have a magic fishing pole. I know this sounds kind of silly, but this is this seriously, this paints the picture. So I cast the magic fishing pole and I'm I'm connected to to the top of the mountain where that's me with my manifestation. Now I'm reeling myself towards it. I have no idea what I'm going to encounter between now and the time I make it to the top of that mountain. But whatever it is, it's part of the journey. Like Say, for example, my goal is to make 10 million a year and I wake up tomorrow and YouTube crashed. No more YouTube. Well, that's my income. Most people would freak out and say, oh, my God, well, I guess it's just never going to happen. OK, well, I may as well hang it up and give up. No, no, no. If I wake up tomorrow and YouTube crashed, what I'm going to do is I'm going to connect to that version of me out there in the quantum field who makes $10 million a year. And I'm looking back on this and I'm telling the story about how YouTube crashing was part of my journey to make 10 million a year. The first time this happened, <clears throat> this is kind of a funny little side story. Back when I was homeless, I had just finished eating lunch at the homeless soup kitchen where they feed the homeless. And I was walking back to my spot under the bridge and it was kind of a busy road. It was, I was walking down Spring Street in Jeffersonville, Indiana. And this car pulled over and rolled his window down. And he said, you're going to be so successful. One day, you're going to be cruising around in the back of a limo with a chauffeur driving you around. And I looked at him and I said, what? And he rolled his window up and drove off. And for the first time in my life, I thought, you know what would be weird? What if he was right? So I started thinking about being successful, more successful than I could have ever dreamed possible. And I'm telling the story about how I went from being homeless to becoming successful. And I didn't realize what I was doing at the time. I didn't realize that what I was doing was I was connecting to that version of me out there in the quantum field who was successful. And I was pulling myself towards that timeline. I didn't learn that until later on down the line. And now I've been using that my whole journey since 
that day living under a bridge, I still use that today. So to answer the question directly, how do you know if you're on the right frequency? You don't. You trust it. I think some people may just believe that I have to make myself happy or excited, and that means that I'm on the frequency. Is that correct doing that? Mm, I'm glad that you asked that question because that goes into raising your vibration. So let's let to, to try to get that down to a single point, let's talk a little bit about the attracting financial abundance. This is something that confused me a lot on my journey. I would hear if you want to attract financial abundance, you have to raise your frequency. And I would get confused because I'm like, okay, well, there's this rich guy over here who's not on a very high vibration. He's miserable. He's mad. He's angry. So why do I have to raise my vibration to attract financial abundance? And the answer is because money is an energy that flows. It has to flow. It has to be able to flow. And what we do is we clamp off the flow with fear. And again, this goes into the science of manifestation, where what we are actually doing is pulling a clamp onto the quantum field. So we have been so programmed to be in fear, worry about money. And, and if the average person doesn't even realize that they probably think 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day that have to do with something to do with fear of their finances. You know, how many times do somebody ride down the road and they say, oh, I can't get gas there. I got to get gas down the street. It's 50 cents cheaper. So I just screamed to the universe. I can't afford to spend 50 cents. Does that tell the universe I'm on the frequency of abundance? Not really. Mm -hmm. Or at the grocery store. I can't get that loaf of bread. It's $5. I got to get the $2 loaf of bread. I'm in fear. I'm clamping onto my money. So raising your vibration and putting yourself into a happier vibrational state. Yes, that's very handy because that helps you release that fear and quit clamping down on your money or on anything for that matter. And yes, that's very, very helpful. Yes. Yes. But do you have to be happy in order to attract like say material abundance? No. Um, when it comes to connections, relationships, friendships, and whatnot. Yes, when you attract a person into your life, that person is a mirror image reflection of whatever your frequency currently is. The biggest problem, which in my line of work, I usually do love readings, and the biggest problem with relationships today is that we have been so brainwashed and programmed to be emotionally codependent, meaning I'm lonely, empty, and sad. And I need a relationship to create my happiness for me. And it doesn't work that way. This is the reason why if you take a look at the population, 90% of relationships fail. And that's the reason why. Because what I like to call reverse manifestation. Because whatever my frequency currently is, that's what I'm going to experience. So if I'm on the frequency of loneliness, emptiness, and sadness... The only way I can attract a person into my life is if they vibrate at a frequency that resonates harmoniously with loneliness, emptiness, and sadness. And if I go ahead and bring somebody into my life and we settle down on that frequency, 
loneliness, emptiness, and sadness is what is going to start manifesting between the two of us. So it's kind of like, um, you know, living and like you said, trusting that what you desire is going to happen and mm-hmm. you just release and not be concerned about the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't want, because there's two types of manifestations, A type and B type. Now, A-type manifestations are what most of us are familiar with, and they're things that are kind of like repeats of past experiences, like a new car, or a new apartment, or a new job, making the same amount of money. The, the thing about A-type manifestations is you can plan them. You know, you can take a pen and a piece of paper and write out the steps to make a new car appear in your driveway. Um, now a B type manifestation though, is something so big and huge and life changing that it's unlike anything you've ever experienced before. And most of the time it's unlike anything anybody, you know, has ever experienced before either. So it's so big and life changing that it's going to demand a completely different version of you. You're going to have to be a completely different person to be a frequency match to this, whatever it is, like the big multi-million dollar business or an actual successful relationship with your real life partner. And the where people get their wires crossed is they try to use A-type strategies, planning and logic and whatnot, in order to bring about B-type manifestations. And that doesn't work because that part of us that plans things Like we said earlier, that's the ego analytical thinking brain. The ego analytical thinking brain is nothing but a record of past experiences. That's all this thing is. So nothing that you have ever learned in the past is sufficient enough for you to be able to figure out how to create something unlike anything you've ever experienced before. If you could, you would have done it a long time ago. So yes, um, Letting go and kind of allowing is a big part, but it's kind of like it's kind of like this dance you have to do with the universe because you got to plan something, you got to do something. So this is where we have to develop that relationship with the universe. You know, we have to get our ego and our higher self on the same team. So I got to create some kind of plan. Like for me, whenever whenever I made the decision to be self-employed, I didn't even know YouTube Tarot existed. I had never even heard of such a concept. I had no clue how it was going to happen. I just said, you know what? I'm going to manifest a business where I sit at home and work on the internet and make six figures a year. That was all I knew. I had no, I've been homeless, never made more than minimum wage my entire adult life. I have no clue how this is going to happen, but I got to plan something. So I went to Google, typed in how to start an online business and just started doing it. I started partnering with companies and building websites and building network marketing and affiliate marketing websites and promoting products and stuff like that. I didn't have a clue what in the hell I was doing. You got to plan something, but you have to understand going into it that that part of you that's planning, it's more than likely not going to happen the way you've planned because this thing has no idea how to create something unlike anything it's experienced before. So you make a plan. You get in there and you start doing it. But when things start happening that are not as planned, you have to be open to that. You have to be open and willing 
to allow things to take a quick left-hand turn that's unexpected and and for for weird strange unexpected things to happen because in order to change your life it can only happen the biggest things can only happen when you least expect it and there's a scientific explanation as to why there's that's no accident but developing that relationship with the universe, getting your ego and your higher self working together as a team so that, yes, you get on and you start planning to the best of your ability. And yes, then kind of release it and let the universe do what it has to do. Do you have to be mindful of your thoughts? Because if you're not careful, you start going back into a pattern of negative thinking and then start manifesting bad things in your life. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. This is where affirmations come in. Now, this is one of those very sensationalized buzzwords that's used in the spiritual community, affirmations. And most people use affirmations wrong. Affirmations are not things that you say to catch the attention of some invisible sky daddy that's sitting up in the clouds that's going to reach down from the sky and help you out. That's not the way that it works. You know, you hear people say things like, I tried affirmations one time and that didn't work. And that would be just like a 400 pound man saying, I did some sit-ups the other day and it didn't work. I'm still fat. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Affirmations are meant to reprogram your mind. I heard Dr. Joe Dispenza say that the universe has no choice but to hand you evidence that supports what you believe. The only thing a belief is, is a thought that you think over and over and over until it burns itself into your subconscious mind and runs all by itself on autopilot, just like a computer program. And I heard that and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So what I tell myself all day, every day is I'm worthless. And so, so wait a minute, you mean to tell me that I don't believe I'm worthless because I'm broke, my life sucks, and I'm a bum. But I'm broke, my life sucks, and I'm a bum because I believe I'm worthless. Is that what you're telling me? Okay, well, you know what? I'm going to put this to the test. So in 2018, I started practicing the affirmation, I am successful. And it felt real weird and uncomfortable. It didn't feel right saying that. You know, I've lived under bridges ate out of trash cans, never made more than minimum wage my whole adult life. And at the time I was working at this old rundown car wash and, you know, making minimum wage, scrubbing cars for tips. Every day I would walk into work not knowing if I was going to make enough money to eat dinner that night. Couldn't even afford a washing machine. I had to wash my clothes in the bathtub with shampoo, you know? So, so to say I am successful, that felt really weird and uncomfortable, <clears throat> but I was determined to figure this out. So I started, I am successful. I am successful. I'm successful. I am successful. I make six figures a year, all day, every day, all day, every day, until about eight months later, <clears throat> I'm scrubbing a car one day at work and I stopped and I went, whoa, that thought I am successful has been running underneath my conscious thoughts all day. And I didn't even think about it. Six, eight months ago, it made me feel so uncomfortable and awkward to even think that. Now it's just running all by itself. And you know what? Now that I think about it, I'm starting to believe it. I can 
smell it right around the corner. And that was in 2018. 2019, I made six figures. So yes, to answer the question, it is very important to be mindful of your thoughts, to constantly monitor your vibration. Because the goal is to reprogram your brain. If you want something that's unlike anything you've ever had, you have to become a person you have never been. And when we say become a new person, that's not just a philosophy. That's not an analogy. That means down to the neuroscience, you have to reprogram your brain. You have the ability to rewrite your own neural circuitry with thought alone. Because your brain is just like a muscle. If you go to the gym every single day and lift weights and lift weights and lift weights, eventually your muscle will change and your brain's the same way. If you force yourself to think the same thought every single day, all day, every day, your brain will re rewrite itself. When did you get into tarot? Was this before or after your NDE? Ah, oh, that was after. And that's another interesting story in and of itself. This, this, is, this is so funny to look back on. Um, shortly, okay, when I first left Louisville, Kentucky, I went homeless again. And I ended up sleeping outside in the snow and ice, almost freezing to death. And I was maintaining a full-time job, sleeping in the back of my work trucks in December. A random Facebook friend found out about it and offered me a place to live all the way on the other side of the country. And I said, you ain't got to tell me twice. I bought a bus ticket and moved in. And I experienced at the time what was the most insane connection with any human being I've ever experienced in my life. And it was really uncomfortable. It was really weird. And throughout that little period of me living there with that person, she had a friend come over one day, somebody I'd never met before. And this, this person looked at me and she said, I'm supposed to read for you. What do you mean? What's that mean? <laughs> she said, I don't know why, but spirit is telling me I'm supposed to read for you. Do I have your permission? Sure, I guess. I don't know what that means. So we exchanged phone numbers and a couple of days later, she picked me up and took me to her house and starts flipping these strange, funny-looking cards all over the place. And she gives me the scariest, freaky, most accurate reading I've ever had in my life. She's telling me details about my childhood. What really got me was she said, there's somebody on the other side that wants to talk to you. Who do you know that smokes a pipe? And, and back in 2011, my grandfather passed away and I had just gone to the store and bought him some pipe tobacco and was bringing it to him when I came home and found him dead. You know, he was a big pipe smoker. So when she said that, I was like, you have my attention, you know? And so she told me things about my childhood, told me things that are going on now. And she told me the things that were to come and it weirded me out, but I kind of just tucked it away, stuffed it away. And uh, long story short, I ended up moving away from that town and moving all the way up to the East Coast in Maine. And I'm living there for a little bit. And 
I'm playing around on YouTube and I start seeing these tarot card reading videos being recommended to me in my feed. And my first thought is that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. People actually make videos of tarot card readings on YouTube. And then this little voice in the back of my mind would think, yeah, but you got a reading a year ago and that was accurate. So I know tarot is legit, but there's no way that you can tell me anything about my life on a YouTube video, just reading from my Zodiac sun sign. That's stupid. But I kept noticing these things kept getting recommended to me in my feed and they got good views, 10,000, 20,000, 50, 100,000 views. I'm like, good God, people are watching these things. And finally, I was just like, you know what? Fine, let me just see what it's all about. So I clicked on one and it told the story of that insane connection that I experienced with that person. And it's just kind of funny how that happened. And then the lady came and read for me, you know, and all this happened in there and it was all kind of piled on top of, of itself, you know? And anyway, so I got addicted to these YouTube tarot card reading videos, trying to get some clarity on this connection that I experienced with this person. I, I started binge watching them like a drug. And after about six months of that, I was like, okay, well, I'm not getting the clarity that I want. I'm just kind of spinning in circles here. I'm broke. I can't afford a personal reading, but you know what I can't afford? I can afford to take 20 bucks up to the little spiritual store up the street, buy me a deck of these little things and learn how to read these things myself. So that's what I did. I spent the next, well, I don't know, three or four months obsessively learning how to read these cards just to gain clarity on my own situation. And I was getting the same answer the YouTube readers were getting. So like, it didn't really help me at all. But then I started having this other little voice pop up in my head. I wonder what would happen if I put a couple of those tarot videos on YouTube. Because I already had my channel up and going where I would make little random videos about astrological signs and spiritual awakening. And I had about 900 subscribers. And I was like, no, I couldn't do that. Oh my God, I would lose my whole fan base of 900. I would get laughed off the internet and nobody would watch that. So no, I I'm not doing it. But it, that little calling kept getting louder and louder and louder until finally I said, okay, I can't get this little punch to shut up. So on this day in August, at the end of August, the woman I was dating's daughter starts school. So I'll have the apartment to myself and I'm going to go ahead and mess around with it and put a couple of these tarot videos on YouTube just to, to scratch that itch. And it blew up, blew up. And after that happened, the universe was like, I got you right where I need you. I didn't want it. That was a secret. I didn't even want anybody knowing that I was interested in the tarot. It was embarrassing. Look at me. I don't fit into that community, you know? So I was embarrassed. And I was like, what, is this what I'm supposed to do? And after that, me and, me and the girl I was dating, broke up. I had to leave my place of employment. I ended up basically backed into a corner with nothing but a phone and a tarot deck with, as my only source of income. So I kind of had to keep it going. And 
like the universe put me like the, the whole story lined up to put me in that position to be a tarot card reader. And I didn't even want to do it in the beginning because like I was saying, I was like, I don't, I don't even think like this. This was just something that one little situation that I wanted to gain clarity on. And, uh, but, but I, I can't be a reader because when people come to tarot card readers, they come with the mentality of what future is going to randomly happen to me. And I dedicated my life to learning how to create my future. So I'm not going to fit into this. And then I, I, I received the download. That's why I need you here. So after about the first four to six months, I started saying, you know what? You know what I can do? Instead of just telling you, well, this is what happened. This is what's happening now. And this is what's going to happen. You know, to me, that's pointless. That'd be like taking your car into a mechanic and him plugging the diagnostic machine up to it and saying, well, your cylinder four is misfiring. Your battery's going dead. So you're going to break down in about 3000 miles. Have a good day. Like, like that's what that, that when readers do that, that's kind of what that's like. And I'm like, you know what I can do? Since I do know the, the, the secrets of energy behavior and how my vibration affects the quantum field around me and how to consciously create the future that I want, I can start dripping that into my tarot card readings. And especially when personal clients come to me, I can tell them, okay, well, this is what happened but here's why it happened. Here's why this happened this way. This is the energies that were involved. And basically, if you just stay on your default timeline, this is what's most likely going to happen. But if you don't want that to happen that way, here's what you do to change that. And here's how you do it. Here's the tools. My goal is that when a client comes to me, or if you watch one of my readings on YouTube or whatever the case may be, my goal is to send you on your way armed with some knowledge and some wisdom that you can apply to your life that will help you create your future with confidence so you never have to come back to me or anybody else for guidance ever again. And that's my intention. Well, whatever you're doing on your YouTube channel, it's definitely working because you are very successful. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm kind of critical on myself and I think I could be doing a lot better, but I do get lots of testimonials every day of people who have manifested amazing things. Like I remember I got an email one time where somebody said, I started listening to you a year ago when I was living in my car. And yesterday I just finally signed the papers. I'm a homeowner now. That's you awesome. know, I had somebody email me one time and said, I started using some of your techniques and, and listening to your teachings and a random $11,000 check showed up in the mail. And, you know, I, I hear these little things all the time that kind of let me know that, yes, my my job, my real job, my earthly job is to be a public figure in the spiritual community and make a living like that. But my real job is to help you awaken, not just to the true nature of, you know, the fact that everything that we've been taught is a lie, that, you know, the government is manipulating you, the conspiracies and whatnot, not just that, you know, that's just one stage of the awakening. That's like the first little kindergarten phase of it. But my goal is to hopefully plant that one seed in your mind that will bloom into you understanding how powerful you really are so that you can actually take your sovereignty back and create your future 
and get out of this matrix. Earlier, you mentioned that if we want to learn more about your manifestation, it was on something like Five TV. High Vibe TV. High Vibe TV. All right. Yeah. So how do, is that like you go to highvibetv.com or what? Highvibe.tv. Yes. Um, I do have my own landing page for that TV network. Uh, if you want, I can give you the link and you can put it in the description of the video. Okay. I have a series called Mastering the Matrix. And basically my goal is to just educate people on how this matrix functions and operates. Because you have to understand how the matrix works. People get in here and they think, oh, all I need is to make a bunch of money or all I need is my life partner. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not going to fix anything. That's not going to help you. Dump a bunch of money on you. That's not going to fix your problems. Bring you the perfect relationship. That's not going to make you happy. What we need to learn is how our life experiences are created, how we were programmed, how we've been manifesting what we've been manifesting, how it works from a scientific perspective, from a neuroscientific perspective, and how to start unwiring that process and reprogramming yourself. You know, and it's a, about a six month long series that I'm doing. I, I do one video a week. I'm going to be recording my next episode right after I get off of here, as a matter of fact. So you have that. You have your YouTube channel, which is called Rich Lop. Do you have a mm -hmm. website as well? Yeah. Yeah. Tarotwithrich.com. It's all one word. All right. If people want to ask you questions or contact you, are you up for that? Yeah. I normally don't. Uh, receive the emails and whatnot. My wife is the the manager and she's the director of operations for the company. And so it normally goes to her. And if there's anything that needs to be brought to me directly, she normally brings it to me. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Absolutely. You are much more powerful than they ever wanted you to know. And, and there is no limit to that. I mean, not only do you have the ability to get up out of whatever financial situation that you're in or, you know, whatever atrocities with your love life, but your health, you have the ability to heal yourself. You have the ability to reverse your age. You have the ability to create anything that you want. And you have to, as long as you trust yourself, you can't do it if you don't trust it. But as long as you work on going inside trusting yourself and developing your own relationship with the universe, you can experience anything you want in this life. Rich, thank you for that message. And thank you for being my guest. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.